0: You, everyone, and welcome to the Wisconsin Sportscast. I'm Mike Lucas,
1: and I'm Tom Oates, and
0: we're joined by Dylan Brogan, <clears throat> who'll keep us on the air for as long as he chooses, which is never a guarantee. We're brought to you by Leopold's Books Bard Cafe and Fabiola's Spaghetti House and Deli, and I've got a food critic, a food critic by the name of Mike Mankey. Have you ever heard of Mike Mankey?
1: Mike Mankey, guy, PA, the P-A guy? guy for the Badgers, of yeah. course.
0: So Saturday. I'm just minding my own business at home. And all of a sudden, he starts this text chain with me. Benke does. And he's at Fabiola's. And he texts, having Shuka for lunch. Beer on me if you wander in. Uh, So then he goes on to say, love the vibe of this place. Talked about just the the general atmosphere. Said he would come back for eggplant parm. He said that's his kryptonite. He called it Shuka terrific rivals anything you can get in New York City.
1: Oh, there How about you that? It. There you have it.
0: He said he brought home a bowl of duck fat matzo ball soup. Uh, on, on top of all of this, this is Mike Mankey PA guy. That's a pretty good endorsement, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Mike's been around the block. Can't go wrong. If Mike Mankey PA guy, <laughs> gives you that type of endorsement, okay, that's Fabiola's Spaghetti House and Deli on Regent Street. So, topic number one. Everybody's talking about it today. How much should they be talking about it? I'm not quite sure. Court storming.
1: All right? It's the hot-button topic, O.C. Court storming. It's a hot-button topic because a Duke guy got involved. So you think if it was a dude from Mississippi State, we wouldn't be conversing about this? No. No? No. Not at all? I mean, think about it. When Caitlin Clark got bumped in a court storm, it was a story. And it went around and... Two days later, it was forgotten about. But this isn't going away because you have all the Duke guys on TV that are just aghast that someone... My, my take on the whole thing is very simple. Duke's been a part of a lot of court storms recently because they lose a lot more than they used to.
0: No, that and that's fair. That's and
1: fair. when a school... They still have the name that when a school beats Duke, the, the college kids want to run out on the floor. I don't know. I, I guess... Uh, you know in in all seriousness, how do you control it? I mean, what measures can you take when these I mean, it's pretty spontaneous, number one, and there's a lot of students at some of these games, two, three, four thousand students at some of these games. how do you how do you contain it? You I, have, don't, I don't you, get it.
0: You have to be proactive as a school, which is not always easy for a lot of athletic departments. You have to be willing to spend money on security to ensure that you can get that opposing team off the floor, keep those players and coaches safe. Now, was it Southeast Conference has a fine system, 100,000? Yeah, but it hasn't
1: worked. I mean, there were kids on that floor before the final second ticked off of that Duke-Wake Forest game.
0: And the ushers were standing aside and, Kind of pointing yeah, them no, in the direction I think you have to hold of it floor. off
1: as long as, A, hold it off as long as you can uh, by keeping them away from the edge of the floor or back off the floor. And then you have to have your security people really concentrate on the visiting players and coaches because that's where the problem comes in. You know, the, 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 the home team people, you know, they get hoisted on shoulders and, and uh, the home players – but uh, the visiting players are trying to get off the court, and it takes one wise guy that had a few beers, uh, that thinks he's tough, that's going to take a swing at some opposing player someday, or vice just versa, just because he hates Duke oh, or whatever.
0: Vice versa, or vice How about a versa? player after a disappointing loss, an upset, no doubt, and, and somebody's in your face, you got to show a lot of tolerance. It's not, not a, to take a swing.
1: It's not as simple as 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 saying. We'll add security and hold them back. How did it hold them back? How did how that work for Wisconsin when they beat Michigan at Camp Randall Stadium oh, yeah. almost thirty years ago? Of course, ago? that was a whole
0: different logistical I'll, problem. I'll, ahead, I know, yeah.
1: but how did that work? It doesn't work. There's too many too many people involved to really uh, say. Well, we're, we're just going to hold them off? Would well, you, you can't hold them off?
0: Would you ban court storming?
1: Well, you can ban it, ban it. But the kid, the, the the college kids that are doing the court storming don't care if they dip into the uh, Big Ten network funds for fifty grand or hundred grand. They don't care. It's not money out of their pocket. They're penalizing the schools, which is fine because that's the only one they can penalize. But the college kids don't care about that. Do you think there's? Why some- should they?
0: Do you think there's something redeemable in court storming?
1: Yes. I think you think it's a part of the
0: fabric of college
1: athletics? I think it's part of the fabric of college athletics, that when when a, a big-name school comes in or a highly-rated school comes in and your team pulls it off, I think it's huge. I, I've seen court storms at Wisconsin for, for championships, Big Ten championships and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it, it's genuine. I mean, it's not fake enthusiasm. It, it's uh, young people being caught up in the moment of something that's pretty special. So you'd like to keep them around? Yeah. I, well, first of all, I like the enthusiasm and the and the participation element of it for the fans. Secondly, I think it's really hard to control, and to to think that you're going to control three thousand students when somebody hits a half court shot to beat Duke, it's just unrealistic. It's it's unrealistic. Jay Billis said
0: you should start
1: arresting people. Jay Billis is a pompous. Go ahead, say it. Dookie, how's that? Yeah,
0: that's fair. How about if if, this is this came online today? Very bold, way too bold for my thinking. If it's a major court storming like we saw with Wake Forest, that was a major court storming. Yes. Home team forfeits to win.
1: Again, you're penalizing all the wrong people. They're not the court stormers. People won't storm the court when something is taken away from them.
0: How do you? How about if you give them a one-minute warning at the end of the game? You put time up on the clock. You got sixty seconds to get the other team off the floor, the officials off the floor, and then when it hits that sixty-second mark, go for it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think there are. There's not maybe one catch-all solution, but there are. Various solutions like that, more security around the visiting coaches and players like—
0: That makes sense.
1: There are others. Maybe construct some barriers. But we saw what happened at Wisconsin 30 years ago when they constructed barriers, and it almost seriously—and it seriously injured people because there were fixed barriers. But
0: of more recent history, I think Wisconsin's done a very good job in managing— Quote unquote, the court storm, yeah. don't you? No. It's, been, it's been an or, almost an orderly process at times yeah.
1: at the Colts. And that's smart. And that's, like I said, it, it might be a piecemeal solution in that you prevail upon them not to do it right at the immediate conclusion of the game, uh, which takes away some of the spontaneity of it. But okay, we'll say, you know, you could sacrifice that. Also, getting those visiting players and coaches off the floor. I mean, to me, that's the. That's the biggest danger, and officials, excuse me. That, that's the biggest danger is getting that, those two groups of players of uh, people, the teams and the officials, the, the, the visiting team, off the floor.
0: Caitlin Clark didn't have a chance. No. Neither did Filipowski. No. Right? I mean, now some saying Filipowski tripped a guy and threw a forearm. At, did you see how he was essentially attacked in the middle of the floor? He's a seven-footer, pretty big target for everybody involved.
1: Yeah, how, how much alcohol do you have to have to attack a seven footer? I have uh, to be very bright. Thank you. Bottom line. Thank you. I'll Wake Forest. But what, you know, it's going to happen. I think the, the, the warning here is that something serious could happen. No question. And schools have to start taking some precautions. Um, I would suggest that. Uh, Money is t- not th- a factor. I would suggest their insurance carriers are having chat with them that they need to take these precautions. Because you're right, something's going to happen. How about if some kid came out and he, you know, didn't like uh, a call the referee had made five minutes earlier and popped the referee? No, that's very true.
0: Very true. And as I pointed out earlier, how about somebody on that opposing team that just got beat taking a shot at one, one of the kids that's running yeah. in his front of him and well,
1: I, I think they need to explore all kinds of ways, and there, I don't think there's one cure-all solution. I think and, and, uh, we've seen in the Southeastern Conference that putting teams on notice and, doesn't stop this, and finding them large sums of money doesn't stop this.
0: You remember when Wisconsin upset Ohio State at the Kohl Center? Wasn't there an incident with Sullinger? Did he said someone spit on him? I I don't recall the specifics. Do you remember that? Yeah. But it didn't go anyplace, really, did it? Because no one could... No, I
1: I think they did investigation. and Wasn't that when Bo had the famous deal with it uh, line?
0: Which deal was that with Bo? There's many of them.
1: I know, but he said, you know, they need to deal with it. Because I don't think the investigation showed that there was merit. Now, maybe that means... No one saw it, but the investigation, I think, concluded, I can't remember exactly, but that there really wasn't a lot of merit to Sullinger's claim.
0: Okay, so let's summarize. Our stance on court storming is we think it's integral to college athletics, but there needs to be some standards, and security has to take a larger role in
1: protecting Opposing
0: players and officials.
1: I don't think there's any question. I'd go along with that. Do I mean, you agree with me on yeah, that? Yeah,
0: I think so. I think so. I, the, the, the money doesn't seem to be a factor to any of these schools,
1: I no matter where the, it's going. The, the, the college students storming the court don't care. The hundred grand that Wake Forest is going to get fined or whatever by the ACC isn't coming out of their pockets. I guess you don't How want to turn, turn away. much of is it if it's not coming out of your pocket?
0: Yeah, you don't want to turn off the enthusiasm that comes from these types of "quote unquote" spontaneous events. The one thing that does bother me does anyone ever put their phone down? Part of the problem with everyone who was storming the floor in that Wake Forest game is no one was paying attention to where they were running.
1: No, they were they were holding their phone and yes, right, Dylan saying, "Yeah,
0: what's wrong with that? It's my generation, dudes." Did he did he just say that?
1: No, in, you in did In that exact you
0: voice. Did. I think he said that.
1: He very gave us that look words. that he, he might have said. He gave us that said dirty it. look
0: yeah, when yeah. he gets very often uh, on this show. Again, we want to thank Leopold's and Fabiola Spaghetti House in Delhi for sponsoring the Wisconsin Sportscast, and we'll be back with more right after this. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Wisconsin Sportscast uh, with Lucas and Oates, Dylan Brogan on the engineering dial. Leopold's our sponsor, along with Fabiola's Spaghetti House in Delhi. The Badgers returned to action Tuesday at Indiana. What the hell has happened to the Hoosiers? Why are they so bad? What's going
1: on there, O.C.? Well, the sad part is they have some talent. I mean, from their standpoint. Um, I do not think they're a very well-coached basketball team, and I've heard tell that a lot of people around the league don't think they're a very well-coached basketball team. I think they took a chance uh, when they brought back Mike Woodson, former star, former NBA player. But a lot of those guys that come back in under those types of circumstances don't know how to be coaches. They, they know the game of basketball. They have uh, visibility and, and, and name recognition but they don't know how to do all the little things it takes to be a winning basketball coach because they haven't come up as coaches. And they haven't gone down to the, the lower levels and learned how to be a coach. Look at that team. How many of those players improve? Xavier Johnson, OK?
0: He's always hurt. He's never on the floor. I know, but he's
1: been around for five years. He's no better today than he was when he was a freshman. No,
0: you're right. And they're using that as an excuse. Oh, you don't have Xavier Johnson. Wait a minute. He's not an All-American. Give me a break.
1: What do you mean? He's he's helped Wisconsin beat Indiana on several occasions. Oh, with his
0: dumb play. Yeah. yeah. I just wonder how long they're going to be tolerant or patient with Mike Woodson. But he's a Hoosier. Doesn't That factors into it, doesn't He's
1: a Hoosier. It does. Uh, but uh, his era, the Bob Knight era— grows farther and farther uh, in distant the, memory in the rearview mirror not as many people are fond as fond of Mike Woodson as people maybe over 50 for instance or or whatever whatever he's yeah. a little buttoned up
0: right he's always dressed immaculately uh, but I don't know does he, does he have a problem relating on the recruiting trail What's going on?
1: No, I just don't. I, I think his failings. You don't think he's a good in an X's and O's coach? I think his failings are as a coach, X's and okay. O's. And, and and just all the little details that go into running a program. He was an NBA coach at some point And, you know, they're all coaching and in the NBA or in pro sports. They're not – they don't have uh, – Ten recruits to call every night, and you know all that kind of stuff. It's, and it's far
0: different now than it was a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, and
1: it's different. And it's just, it's just, I often think that when teams bring back professional guys who have learned how to coach in the professional ranks, you know, in various sports, that it uh, it could be a real recipe for trouble because they don't understand. Uh, well, back when they had rules, they didn't necessarily understand the rules. Back in the day when they had rules. Back when they had rules about recruiting and paying players and all that kind of stuff. It appears to me that a couple of those uh, hires have been failures, Juwan Howard being another one. Oh, big time. uh, Have been failures, and I I simply look at those guys and go, where did you learn how to be a day-in and day-out basketball coach? I mean— with all that it entails. I go back to Bo Ryan and Dick Bennett, coaching high school, coaching in the state conference, and they learn how to coach basketball uh, and develop talent and win with systems that allow your team to play maybe better than its talent because they have ironclad, innovative, whatever systems. Guys learn how to coach. Uh, two of the best coaches I've ever been around are Bo Ryan and John Beeline. They both started out in Division Three.
0: Yeah, really. I've always liked Beeline. You know, for, from an opposing perspective, obviously Bo. But Beeline, so classy, right? Yeah. Even now, in in his stint as a Big Ten Network in-studio analyst, I think it's right to the point. He does not BS you know, no, a lot about no, what's going really on. he's really good. So we just brought up Mike Woodson, um, big-time coach. Hoosier, we've just brought up Juwan Howard, big-time Wolverine. How, long, how much time do they get, really, if you're in those programs?
1: Well, I mean, that's, every school is probably a little different. But, you know, I mean, they practically ran Bill Belichick out of, out of New England. And uh, if they can run him out of New England, you know, the, the shelf life of great seasons or titles is not uh, what it used to be certainly. It's it's just much shorter. The patience runs very thin. And again, when did Juwan Howard play at Michigan? 30 years ago. And I'll go back. I just thought of this. What about Jim Harbaugh? You know where he started coaching? A D2 or 3 school at San Diego, not San Diego State, San Diego. And then he was at Stanford. And then he went to uh, the NFL. Then he went to Michigan. I mean, he, he he took a path that taught him how to be a coach.
0: No, that's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, Howard was an assistant forever, right? Yeah. Especially but, in Miami. Yeah,
1: but NBA and college basketball are really Two different sports. are way different sports and you would think that the NBA is so much more involved uh, in terms of coaching and 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 game planning and strategy and all that that it, that it would it would be like, "Oh, I can dominate these college coaches, but no, the best college coaches are really good, but you also you don't have these players 24/7. You can't teach them everything you need to teach them. A they're young as opposed to a professional athlete, and B, you don't have them for as long. So it's it's a lot harder to coach these players because uh there's there's impediments. I like they have to go to class. Well, you know, they don't have that problem when you when you're an NBA Why do you look like at me Juwan with those Howard? big wide eyes when you say Cuz you never go went to class, to class I and you know it. No, oh, I'll, I'll be upfront with Your class that. was the last bar stool at Jingle. no, Amber Grid. Okay.
0: I had to walk past it on my way to meteorology, which I flagged. <laughs> uh by the way, just for the record, Wisconsin has won 24 of the last 28 games with Indiana. 24 of the last 28 with the Hoosiers, including eleven of the last thirteen, amazing, right? Because we lived through that era, the night era.
1: Yeah. Oh where no, they, they couldn't even come close to sniffing. Oh, for a win for what twenty years? Oh my goodness, twenty years awful. they. Yeah, and they didn't even they they weren't even competitive, and it was like big brother, little brother, and uh, now it's the opposite, which is amazing. I I do think that if you look at over the last twenty five years. The coaching at Wisconsin has been vastly superior to the coaching at no, Indiana. No,
0: agreed, agreed. Um,
1: I don't know who Indiana's had that I thought was a great coach in a, since even the last few Bobby Knight years. I thought he'd kind of lost it. I think Tom Crean's a pretty good coach, but I don't think he's. I don't think he was going to beat Bo Ryan consistently ever. He couldn't at Marquette. In his he, own
0: mind, he thought he could. He
1: couldn't at Marquette, and he couldn't at Indiana. But
0: Kevin Sampson screwed up that whole deal there, right? Well, Calvin Sampson's a great coach. But, but he screwed it up with he, the was, things he was doing. Oh, he screwed it up big time.
1: Uh, he w- Indiana would have been very dangerous if Calvin oh, Sampson oh, big t- yes, had, had, had towed the line and done things right because he's a very good coach. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Hey, so the Badgers will play Tuesday at Indiana. And then here's Saturday against Illinois. It's a game that I think a lot of people are looking forward to. And Prior to the game, they're going to honor Howard Moore yeah. and his family and his yeah. friends. Man, I miss Howard. Don't you?
1: I think we all miss Howard. I, Damn not I it. mean, I don't, I don't think that. I know that. We all miss Howard. We miss his smiling face and his bubbly personality. And I would encourage anybody going to that Illinois game to get there early. For, yes. the, for the pregame ceremony with Howard's family.
0: You got close with Tracy over the years, didn't you? Yeah. Tracy yeah, Webster, yeah. very close Tracy with Howard. Tracy and Howard. Michael and, Finley.
1: And Michael Finley's... Really close, Rashard Griffith. Howard. Richard Griffith. I mean, Richard Griffith has been unbelievable in the wake mountain of a man. In the wake of yes. the of the uh, the Moore family tragedy. Yep. Uh, uh, Rashard Griffith has been a man among boys, and I really give him all the credit in the world. I mean, who knew? You know. I mean, he wasn't a jerk or anything when he was at Wisconsin, but no. you know, he was. He was living the life, and you know he—he he was a big time. Well, rec- he was one of the most he, highly he was, recruited players bi- he was, ever. He was a big time recruit and all that. But wow, you talk about a guy stepping up to the plate. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what Rashard Griffith has done for Howard, for Jarrell, for the whole whole Moore family. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and it was Howard, Howard Moore, who convinced Rashard. In Howard's words, "Get your big fat butt." back to Madison, and graduate. Mm-hmm. And Rashard will be the first one to tell you. It was Howard. Howard kept yeah. after him, kept yeah. after him, kept after him. Get your degree. And Richard went not got his degree.
1: He kept after Mike Finley to come back and get his degree as well. And Mike did. And Devin Harris has come back. Now, I don't know that Howard was that tight with Devin Harris because he wasn't an assistant when Devin played here. But those other guys, he was relentless. I mean, he kept saying it over and over again. I'm sure they got sick of hearing it, but that's the way Howard thought about this place, the University of Wisconsin, and his friends. He wore the W on his chest. He did, Didn't. but also his friends. Those guys, they're they they are thick as thieves. They really are. That's a great legacy to have that group. It also happens to be the same group that got Wisconsin back in the NCAA yep. tournament.
0: Very important. I wish Dylan... I wish you had a chance to see Tracy Webster in his prime here. Uh, you would have a, loved watching him play,
1: right? Am I wrong? One of the smartest point guards I've oh ever seen. Goodness. I maintain that the only pro- the only reason Michael Finley's uh, shooting percentage fell off his senior year was that he didn't have Tracy. He did not have Tracy getting him the ball where he needed to get the ball. And uh, uh, they played so well off of each other. And... Uh, Without, when Tracy graduated and he was gone, and they had point guard issues that next year, and Michael Finley's probably had the worst shooting year of his career, college and pro, which was, I think, a testament to Tracy and how, what a smart, instinctive point guard he was.
0: Remember all the things that he had to overcome too. Wasn't the Prop Forty Eight issue well, he had back then? Well,
1: the Prop Forty Eight. Tracy couldn't play his freshman year because. He didn't qualify vis-a-vis the SAT or you know ACT or whatever, which you know, I've always said those those, uh, you know, that SAT those is tests coming back. Those tests don't it's coming back. Those tests don't measure intelligence. No, I they agree, me- but they it's they coming measure, back. They measure education level, not intelligence. I hear you. And uh, and but there were two of them, Louis Eli and Tracy, both from the from the same part of Chicago and they were both prop 48s and you know what they both had to sit out a year but both of them have their degrees today so they had the ability to do the work which kind of points out the the biggest fallacy with the whole prop 48 system that that somehow got uh, well, they got rid of it voted in and they got rid of it after a while but uh, you won't find better because well it put a label on kids and, no, you yeah, know yeah. that that's terrible to put labels on kids. You won't find and better
0: people than the ones we've just talked about with Finley and Webster no, no, and Griffith yeah. and Howard Moore. You just won't find better people here.
1: No, no that was a terrific group.
0: Howard played for three different most head coaches, were right? Were he played for Yotes.
1: Most of them were recruited by Steve, Jackson, Yoder and then and Stan, Steve Yoder and his, and his assistant, Ray McCallum. Yeah. And, uh, and then Stu and then Stan. And I think Stan has suffered the same – Problem here that Michael Finley did that year. No point guard.
0: Oh, that was a hard year. You remember that? Oh, that was a hard year. And Stan never was Stan that season. No. We we both like Stan. We've liked Stan.
1: When he was an assistant, he was was so much fun to talk to. And all of a sudden, he was this nervous Nelly all the time that just. He's always looking over his shoulder. Yeah, always looking over his shoulder. See what that athletic
0: director was going to do.
1: I always said that if there was any reason. For Stan Van Gundy to—that Stan Van Gundy was going to be fired after one year, he never should have been hired in the first place. That was an interim kind of a— It was it, a mess. It wasn't labeled as an interim hire, but it— It was a mess. It was an interim hire, and it just—it was just wrong. It it, puts, and it backfired. It put Stan in a bad position. The players knew knew it. And Stan Van Gundy's a good coach. You don't coach for all the time he's coached in the NBA— and he's a he's a good coach, and uh, I just thought it was he was put in a bad position, and it never should have happened if if, if that was the case.
0: So if you have tickets at the call center, get there early. It's O.C. just recommended. Get there early <laughs> and uh, recognize and honor Howard Moore, his family, his friends, his former teammates, all of whom will be present. Uh, I, I don't think you'll regret it. Now, I hope you didn't regret listening to us here on the Wisconsin Sportscast brought to you by... Fabioli Spaghetti House and Deli, brought to you for a long time by Leopold's. And we really cherish their sponsorship. We thank you for listening. This has been the Wisconsin Sportscast with Lucas and Oates.